Hello! You are listening to We Will Resist, an anti-communist podcast. So today's show is uh, why we exist. We will resist. Uh, I'm going to make a case to you today. And the case is this. China is a growing threat to America. It's a pretty big claim. It's a very serious one, actually. Um, And there are a number of points here that I'd like to go over on why this is true. And why you, the listener, must take an interest in China today. And uh, possible solutions that me and you collaboratively could come up with on how to uh, uh, stop this uh, from becoming a growing threat to our American way of life. So, uh, the first point I'd like to go over is their uh, growing economic advantage. So, right now, as it stands today, China is the manufacturing hub of the world. No country uh, exists uh, that doesn't do some type of business with China. It's the nature of our global economy right now. And Unfortunately, their economy is so large and growing by leaps and bounds every year to the point where five to seven years from now, unfortunately, they'll overtake the American economy. Unfortunately, it looks like that their uh, economy uh, will outpace ours in five to seven years. That's a pretty big deal. That will make them the strongest economy on the planet. That will make them an economic superpower. What could they do with an economy larger than America's? A lot of things, I would think. Um, First and foremost, it could help them secure uh, the economic advantages they will soon obtain. So, basically, they could create a situation where... Uh, they could really shut out other countries from advancing on an economic level, including ours, uh, by creating Chinese-exclusive deals uh, with other nations and other companies, uh, trying to create uh, favorable manufacturing terms for their country, uh, basically doing everything they can with their advantage and their um, unique sense of doing business with other people Uh, I could totally see a a world, a marketplace, where a uh, uh, Chinese-dominated market is uh, only further entrenching themselves in the global marketplace to a very frightening extent. Uh, With that, I would also say uh, it's tied in with their uh, elite capture program, which is another point I'd like to go over. So... Maybe you've heard this term before. I believe I first heard it when I was listening to Australian politicians talk about the topic. Elite capture is where the Chinese government, or I should say really the uh, Chinese Communist Party, is sending out their own people to uh, endear foreign politicians to their causes. And they'll do this by way of bribery. Um, so if you get this bill passed, if you get this law passed, or if you get this here, uh, um, deal pushed through, 
we'll go ahead and we'll set you up with a cut of the action. It could also be in the form of blackmail, compromising situations. Uh, I believe in America, we've had uh, a recent uh, run-in with a Chinese spy. Uh, Swalwell, I believe is the gentleman's name. Now, this guy was a uh, pretty uh, mid-level type of politician. And the joke is, is like, okay, they're even uh, going after our uh, low-ranking guys. You know, and they, this guy here was dating a uh, a woman who was a Chinese spy. Her name is uh, Fong Fong. And it's an interesting relationship right there. So she's a Chinese spy talking to this mid-level politician. And everyone, uh, at least uh, on the surface level of mainstream media, is kind of joking on like, well, you know, what harm could this have done? So what people aren't aware of in the Sawell's case is that he is on a couple different boards uh, relating to America's security. He even had presidential ambition at one point. Now imagine that. So the U.S. president is dating a Chinese spy or marries a Chinese spy. That's uh, compromising. Huh. Very, very compromising. That's a... Interesting relationship right there. That's that's dangerous. That's very dangerous. And if the joke is that they're even going after mid-level politicians or like low-level guys, then what do they have set up for the higher-level people? How total is this elite capture? It's interesting. I've talked to other people in, uh, within our own government about this topic, and I, I hear very concerning things where the different people I have talked to and my own anecdotal inner circle of different people I've chatted with within the government, they had figured anywhere between half our government to just about everyone uh, that's of reasonable rank is somehow tied in with China's monstrosity. Like the tentacles of Beijing have already wrapped us up entirely. That's scary. That would mean that America is fast on its way to becoming what's called a vassal state. Meaning the American government doesn't serve the American people. It serves Beijing. And whatever Beijing wants. Now, there's a long list of human rights abuses in China. Um, They don't care much about their own people. What does that say about a vassal state? What would they care about us? If China has that type of say in our own government on what happens here, if they are able to tell D.C. this is how you're going to make your laws, that's scary. That could lead to a future where there's a a one-child policy in America and many other scary things. Another reason um, our dear listeners should consider... uh, Uh, A point of interest in China is their naval power. Did you know they have a navy twice as large as ours? That was so fascinating. I never knew that. They have a a navy that's twice as big as ours. Now, some people joke that their navy is not that powerful, that um, they may not have the economy presently to move it over here to our country. 
as in like some type of invasion that uh they just don't have that type of experience that um you know whatever excuses you can give the fact is this prior to their modernization of the chinese military about like a few decades ago that's all true it would never have been a threat but since then they've grown by leaps and bounds a few years ago they had bought like a a giant aircraft carrier that was basically no good at all when they bought it it didn't even work uh, from Russia and to my understanding since then they've repaired it and they have plans to add many more aircraft carriers to their fleet. And in fact, with their navy being twice as large as ours already, while they don't have as many aircraft carriers, they're well on their way to acquiring an equal number within 10 years. That's pretty scary. And the idea that already we talked about them having a stronger economy us within five to seven years. Well, I guess they would have the economic ability to uh, find a way to get those ships from point A to point B efficiently. <laughs> Unfortunately. Um, from their country to ours. So we could be looking at a future within a decade, no less, where the Pacific Ocean is dominated not by an American fleet, but by a Chinese fleet. That's a big deal. That means that international trade by least way of ships is uh, dictated by Beijing. Um, We may not have international waters in the future. They may be international in name only. Uh, Everyone pays the uh, Chinese toll. Uh, because we are ultimately in their backwater, uh, their backyard now. That's uh, very scary. Um, in relation to naval power, uh, we should also consider their military power. So when I thought of uh, Chinese military technology, I had always thought of Cold War era tanks. And yes, that's true. Right now, today, actually, they still have Cold War era vehicles in service in their military. But there's a a caveat there. A lot of that stuff has been upgraded since then. Meaning they may have Cold War era tanks, but they've been upgraded to the task and purpose that they're supposed to serve Uh, to a point where these are actually formidable vehicles today even. So, a 1980s tank, which if I'm not mistaken, that describes our M1 uh, Abrams tank perfectly, which is a 1980s tank, which is still fielded today by America, which is supposed to be one of the best tanks on the planet, still to this day. They have their 1980s tanks that have been upgraded to be a fairly formidable main battle tank. And that's their older tanks. Today's Chinese tanks, the ones they've recently designed, um, their T-99A series tanks is uh, some of the best on the market. 
Actually, what I was pretty surprised to find out that this tank could actually take on our M1 Abrams tanks. That's after all of their upgrades they've already received so far. I've heard that there are future upgrades in the pipe uh, for our M1 Abrams series tanks, but uh, at this time, uh, a T99A tank could actually destroy our M1As uh, and really uh, rule the roost on a one-on-one -on -one battle. It doesn't mean we couldn't destroy their tanks as well, it just means that uh, when we call them a near peer, pardon me, feels like that we should just call them peer. And that's pretty scary. So, that's something I never knew that I'd recently learned of in terms of their military power. And in fact, they actually have another main battle tank. Um, and this is interesting. It's a light tank. It's the T-15. Well, for them, it's not actually the T-15 tank. They have a different model that they use for their own military that's a little bit better than the T-15. And the reason why I'm making that distinction and mentioning the T-15 model is because that's the um, international version. Yes, the international version. So that's the tank they're going to sell to everyone else. So that T-15, the light battle tank, their main battle tank that's really light, that's the tank that could be paradropped from airplanes that could be transported by air travel, cargo ships, um, cargo planes, no problem. That's actually also amphibious and fires modern-day high-explosive anti-tank rounds, heat rounds, uh, that can actually uh, destroy our M1 Abrams tanks. That tank is being sold on the market, the T-15. That one is available to uh, foreign militaries by China, completely built by China, uh, that a foreign government could buy. And that tells me that they now have a fully functioning military-industrial complex. They have their own marketplace being set up right now as we speak to become a dominant player in that arena, which is part of the reason why they're going to end up with an economy larger than ours in five to seven years from now. That's not good. If they end up with that type of market force to equip other armies the same way we do, the same way Russia does, that's not only going to just advance their economy, giving, giving the uh, military, the state-controlled uh, companies more money, thereby China in general more money, it gives, them it gives them incentive to advance their technology in those levels, in those areas as well. And finally, uh, the uh, last point I'd like to talk about is the will to power. China has made it very clear. They want to rule the world. They've made it very clear. They have no interest in being anyone's peer. They have no interest in being equal to anyone else. Power is the driving point. The Chinese Communist Party wants the world. And America is in that world 
that they want to rule. They've taken an interest in you. They've taken an interest in me. And that's not good. But that's their end of things. I'm telling you this because you need to know this information. You as an American citizen, you as a free person need to know this. Because your government isn't going to tell you because maybe your government is a part of that elite capture. No con, no, uh, no company's going to raise the issue because China is the economic powerhouse of manufacturing right now. Every other company has an interest in protecting China because that's probably where they build everything cheaply because they're probably using slave labor. So because there are very few voices out there, I feel the need to start this channel so that we can have some kind of resistance against this slowly growing juggernaut. If we don't stand up to them, no one will. And if no one stands up to them, we are waiting patiently for our own enslavement. So that's why this channel now exists. A brief message to the Communist Party of China from America. We will resist. From behind enemy lines, we will resist. Today's episode will be another review of the Chinese War Asset Collection. We do these reviews so that any resistance fighter will be given pertinent information on how to resist advancements of the Chinese war machine. So today's asset of review is the ZTQ-15 Light Tank. So there are three variations of this tank that actually exist. The VT-5, which is a prototype model, the Type 15, the international model meant for uh, export, then the ZTQ-15 domestic model, the one the actual military will be using in China. There is conflicting information that goes back and forth as to which variant has been given which designation, but the differences between these tanks are minimal. So say you may very well hear that the uh, export model is the VT-5, whether the Type 15 is what the army will be using. It really doesn't matter because the essence of these tanks remains unchanged throughout. So for the sake of brevity, this entire podcast, I will be uh, referring to the ZTQ-15 as the domestic model, and that's the one I will be constantly referring to.